just want to read two or three well-known scriptures. The first one being in Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah 45, that's page 885, verse 20. Isaiah 45 and verse 20. Gather yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped to the nations. They have no knowledge that carry the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Declare and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together, who hath caused this to be heard from ancient time. Who hath declared it, it long ago? It, is it not I, Jehovah? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Saviour. There is none besides me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9, that's page 205. Numbers 21 and verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass, if a serpent, a serpent had bitten any man, and he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And then finally in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking steadfastly on Jesus, the leader and completer of faith, who in view of the joy lying before him, endured the cross, having despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. My desire tonight, quite simply, dear friends, is that you might look at Jesus. Not to have a casual glance in his direction, but that you might look at him. Really look at him. In the note to Numbers 21, in verse 9, to the note beheld, it says, looked intently. In Hebrews chapter 12, the note to steadfastly is, it means looking away from other things and fixing the eye exclusively on one. And that's tonight what I want to try and do in a simple way, is to point you to Jesus. Nobody else, no other man, no other system, nothing else but Jesus. Maybe we can just take a few minutes to have a look at him and his journey here. I was thinking about this, the incarnation. I want you to look at that. See him there in a manger. The shepherds were amazed, weren't they? And then there were three visitors, three men from the east. And they came and they looked at Jesus. And they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold because he was a king. Frankincense because he was worthy to be honoured and praised. And myrrh because he was going to suffer and die. Jesus, the creator of the universe, 
And yet, one of his titles was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's the one I want you to look at tonight, dear friend. That lowly man in Bethlehem's manger. Have a look at him there. Nothing more helpless than a baby, is there? Think of God himself lying in that manger. Utterly dependent on his parents, naturally speaking. How low could he go? It says of Jesus that he was made a little lower than the angels. Why? On account of the suffering of death. Jesus was born to die. You ever thought of that, dear friend? He came in specifically to die. You and I die because of our sins. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The wages of sin is death. Jesus was born to die. Have a look at him there in Bethlehem's manger. And then he grows up. Thirty years later, man didn't know anything about him. He lived in obscurity for thirty years. God saw him. Everything that he did, God saw, didn't he? That's why he could open the heavens and say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I have found my delight. Every footstep of every day. Can, you, can, we, can God say that about you or I? Of course not. Jesus, perfect in his walk. No wonder then, when he was 30 and he began his public ministry, that John could say, he looked at Jesus as he walked. I want you to have a look at him as he walked. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There was something different about Jesus. I suppose John the Baptist hadn't really met Jesus before. We don't know, we're not told. But he recognised that in Jesus there was something different that he'd never seen in any other man. It says, looking at Jesus as he walked. The one that was perfect without sin. I want you tonight to look at him there, walking amongst men. Amongst men, yes, he became part of our race. Amongst men, and yet different. Because he was perfect and sinless and holy. Behold the Lamb of God. He saw him as he was walking. And he said, behold the Lamb of God. Why the Lamb of God? He didn't say the Messiah or the King or the Prophet or the Priest. The Lamb of God. Because he was going to suffer and die as a sacrifice for your sins and for mine. Behold the Lamb of God. I want you tonight to look at him as he walked in this earth. But dear friend, Jesus' birth, Jesus' walk would never secure salvation for you and for me. Because God is holy and he requires a sacrifice for sin. And therefore I want you to look at him on the cross. 
that perfect, that sinless one. Man in hatred, they put him on a cross. I want you to look at him there. I read Numbers 21, which is a picture of Jesus being made sin. We know the story, it's been preached from many times from this desk. The brazen serpent, the very thing that was causing grief to the people of Israel. Of course they'd caused it by sinning in the first place. But the very thing that was causing grief to the people of Israel was made an object for which to look at. And it says, whatever they, whenever they looked, they lived. Dear friend, that's the crux of the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel. That if you look at Jesus tonight as dying on the cross for your sins and for mine, then there is life. The wages of sin is death. I've just said that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That brazen serpent was a picture of the very thing that was troubling them. Jesus, it says he was made sin. I can't understand that, dear friend, but I thank God for it. That that very thing that kept me from God, that made a distance between me and the Holy God, that very thing Jesus became. Not only did he bear our sins, but he was made sin. That's how much Jesus loved you and I. That he was prepared to make Jesus his perfect holy son of God. To make that glorious one. He was prepared to to turn away. God was prepared to turn away. I think one of the most amazing things in scripture is that cry. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was because he was made sin. For you and for me. Made sin. The very object of hatred to God. It says in scripture that God hates sin. And yet Jesus, that perfect Lamb of God, was made that very abhorrent thing in order that you might become righteous. He was made sin that you might have his righteousness. That's a wonderful thing in the gospel. That is what God is offering to you and I tonight, as poor, lost sinners, he's, he's giving you the chance to have righteousness. His righteousness. Not my righteousness. My righteousness and yours is as filthy rags. But the righteousness of Jesus, God will bestow upon you if you come to him in faith. Dear friend, tonight, will you look at Jesus on the cross. Look intently. Again, I point you to that, what it says in Numbers. Look intently at. Have you ever looked intently at the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross? See him dying there, becoming a sacrifice for your sins and for mine. What a wonderful 
object he is, you know. It's worthy to look, it's worth having a, more than a se- second glance, isn't it? Look intently. See him dying there. The hatred of man against him. Finally, as I say, God turning, his own God and Father turning his back on Jesus. Those three hours of darkness. I cannot tell you what happened there when Jesus was forsaken of God. But he did it in order that you might go free. That you might be saved from hell. That you might have hope and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Have a look at him there. May it not just be a casual glance tonight, dear friend, but I bid, I would bid you to have a good look at Jesus. And then the next step is, he didn't stay on the cross, did he? He was taken down, he was put in the grave. But he's not there either, is he? It's not in the grave. Uh, have a look at the empty tomb. I was reading this morning. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. That's what the invitation was. And that's an invitation to you tonight to come and see the empty tomb. The hymn says we sing, don't we? <clears throat> We love to look within the tomb. Robbed by thy death of all its gloom. Dear friend, tonight we were speaking this afternoon about have no hope in the world. And there's precious little hope anywhere. But we have hope, those believers in Jesus. Because there's an empty tomb. He's not here, he is risen. Have a look at that tomb tonight. See that empty tomb. The stone is rolled away. Where is he now, dear friend? He's in glory. He's in heaven tonight. I can't see him physically. But by faith I believe he's there. In fact, I know he's there. Can you say the same? I'd like you tonight to have a look at him there. You know, Stephen, the first martyr... He gazed up into heaven. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You can see him there. Have a look at him there now. That's why I read in Hebrews. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If you want hope, dear friend, tonight, look at him. There. My saviour. Is he yours? The one who came here, suffered and died, but rose again by the glory of the Father. Was on this earth for 40 days. Many saw him, didn't they? Many did. But now he's in the glory. Soon coming again too. Could be any time, couldn't it? (laughs) Maybe tonight. Jesus is coming again. Are you looking for him there? Speaks in Hebrews about looking for him. The second time. First time, 
He came to suffer and to die. The second time he's coming to this earth. Are you looking for him? So I go back to where I started. That wonderful scripture in Isaiah 45. Look unto me and be ye saved. I may have mentioned it before, but I don't know if you've heard the story of the conversion of Charles Spurgeon. He was saved by this very scripture. And the story goes that he went down to his usual place of worship. And the usual preacher wasn't there that night. But this was the text to be read from. Apparently they had, in those days, a text that that was just set for that day. And the usual preacher wasn't there, so somebody stepped up to the pulpit, an uneducated, unlearned man, and he read the scripture. And he said, he started to preach and he was very simple and then he saw Spurgeon and he said you look miserable have you looked to Jesus and he went right up to him well I'm not going to say that to anyone here tonight but I tell you dear friend if you haven't looked to him you are going to be miserable Spurgeon said, he asked me directly, have you looked at Jesus? And he kept asking him, and Spurgeon says that all of a sudden, I've suddenly realised, that was it. I could be saved by looking at him. Going back to Numbers 21, whoever looked, lived, Dear friend, we're living in a world of death, darkness, despair. But you tonight can look and live. One of the hymns says, doesn't it, there is life for a look at the crucified one. There is life at a look for thee. Dear friend, tonight, if you never look properly. Oh yes, you might have glanced, you might have come to the preaching many times but you've never really looked at him. To see him there, what he did, how he came on God's behalf, what he did in suffering and dying, bearing our sins, your sins, my sins, in his own body on the tree. Have you seen him? Have you watched him? Dear friend, tonight, do you see him? in the glory, a risen, living Saviour. One that gives hope. This world is full of sorrow. There's only one solution to it, dear friend, and that is to look at Jesus. I hope tonight that everyone is able to do that. You have that chance to look to him and live. God desires that you might have life. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Paul, the Apostle Paul speaks of laying hold of what is really life. A lot of people in the world are just existing. 
Maybe you are. But God desires that you really have life. And you can only find it in Jesus. One of our hymns says, doesn't it, life alone is found in Jesus. There alone it is offered thee. That's the thing about the gospel. It's only about one man. There is only one solution. Where we read in Isaiah, it says he's the only one. Only. It is exclusive. In the world, people like to have options, don't they? My dear friend, there's only one solution to your heart's situation. There's only one solution to your misery, your sinfulness, your despair, and that's Jesus. Therefore the gospel goes out that you might look to him and live. May it be so for his name's sake.